Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. We are splendid and glorious, and in particular, our splendid and glorious party, with no particular collective name, have made their way through the long and perilous journey of the Underdark, past old battlegrounds still infested by the soldiers who once fought on them, and reached, finally, the breach of the wall of the great dwarven city of Brarelgrin, now abandoned. You fought the robotic sentinels which had been set to, as the last guards on this breach, and then I believe, having dismantled them for parts and got some cool things out of it, you took a rest, camped just outside the city, and that's where we pick up. What would you like to do? Uh, we only took a short rest, I believe, right? Oh, I thought you'd camped. I thought we were camping, uh, too. Were we? Okay. I couldn't remember. I knew we'd taken some kind of rest. Because yeah, Rill was unhappy about it. <laughs> he wanted to keep going, and I think he got outvoted. Oh, yeah. I think it was a full rest. And then I couldn't remember what kind. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And of course, Rill only has to meditate for four hours. So for the last four hours, while everyone else finishing off being asleep, Rill is like cleaning his boots and repacking his pack and making sure his knife is sharp and generally just being extremely impatient. Yes. <laughs> He's doing everything except for pacing irritatedly. You could have spent oh. meditation and prayer, you know. <laughs> could have. Uh, decided that he he couldn't focus, so he was just doing doing things with his hands, reading letters, uh, you know, making sure everything was packed neatly as much as possible. Ember is gonna eventually get uh, for real a handcraft. <laughs> get real started spinning or something. But uh, now that we're all awake, do we want to explore the city? Yes. Yes. I mean, what? You don't get a chance to explore an abandoned city every day. That sounds like quorum. Let's move. You're used by now to it being dark everywhere. But even so, it's a little eerie to come into a city and have it still be pitch black. As you come in through the breach, which you you can tell just both from how it looks and because you can see the siege engines was made by the very crude expedient of pound the wall to pieces with trebuchets. You can see that consequently, on the other side of the breach, there is 50, maybe 80 yards of rubble as the siege ammunition has broken through the wall and through the internal walls and, and turned houses into streets. And only after that does the real built-up area resume. Although, 
some of this you think is built up. Some may have been directly dug out. Either way, they definitely had a plan for city layout when they were working. Everything is very ordered. You only make it a few feet along the road before you start noticing that what's making you move slowly isn't just that it's an uneven road surface covered in rubble. Everything inside has a layer of gritty, clinging goo. And when you step on it or put pressure on it to move, it shears off into layers like it's slippery paper and you are having to move slowly to keep your footing i'd like to uh bend down and investigate the goo sure maybe don't touch it with your bare hands (laughs) um yeah i use i use mage hand to to pick some up from from the ground and uh play around with it and look at it closely Mm -hmm. roll me an investigation check 16. You've lived near the sea a lot. This isn't this isn't a, like a particular seaweed you're familiar with or anything. But this has the general feel of some kind of thick growing algae that has its own structures when it's undisturbed but then when you step on it or disturb it it just shears off into layers and it would be a job to clean it off but there's not really any way of walking on it that won't be slippery. It's Probably not edible. Uh, it probably also separately tastes bad. Hmm. But you don't think it's... I mean, you don't... You don't, As I say, you don't recognise it. But you feel like it's probably just some kind of algae. You don't think this is unnatural. Okay. I... I have uh, a empty uh, potion of healing. Uh, for a previous thing, I, mm-hmm. I want to scoop some of the algae into the bottle and save it to to investigate later. Seems reasonable. I s- uh, Maynard says to the others, "It's organic. It's like some kind of algae. Strange that there's something so moist down here. As he gets this near the sea or in swamps and lakes and such places. Well, I wonder where there's... it came from." water down here. There is, and they did try to flood most of this place. Oh, that's true. That was, I suppose, a different ecosystem down here. Underdark algae works differently. It doesn't look particularly harmful, just slippery. I'll, uh, I'll be reassured. <laughs> I should have brought hobnails, that's what I should have brought. We could. I'm. I'm taking a, a sample. Maybe when we get back to the university, tell us more about it. Though I suppose that'll be past the point. Um, once we're out. Well, I don't know. Just useful. At least interesting to have. So, looking for another way out. I suppose. Do we have anything? Oh. Uh, and seeing if there's anything interesting left behind. Hmm. Also. No. No, never mind. Uh, I'd rather not split up, so... I kind of shrug. And press on. Do we hear any more of that, like, ghostly fighting or anything like that, Ben? Roll perception for me. Okay. Mm. 
This dice has been... I rolled you once. I'm retiring you. You're terrible. Uh, that is... <laughs> that's a ten. That is That is pretty poor. You can hear your own footsteps. You can hear your own breathing. Um, you don't hear much of anything else. Um, except I, I think all of you would, would notice that, I mean, you're standing on a battleground of a place that was abandoned pretty soon after the battle. What you don't see is any bodies. As you're coming through the rubble area and like in, onto the road be, beyond it, you don't see anyone dead at all. There's no armor or corpses or anything? There's no corpses at all. There's occasional, like, uh, here and there you'll see a broken weapon. There's a fair number of abandoned arrows, but there are no corpses. That's not right. I mean, water does break down bodies pretty pretty thoroughly, right? Sure, this place was flooded. There should still be things here. There's, oh, uh, Ben. There's a second, like, second floor area here, right? Yes, there was like a second entrance way. Can we, we can see it from like down here. There's not like a second breach in the wall. Um, it's that the breach opened out both onto a road and someone's back room that happens to be against the wall. Oh, okay. Um, and but you you can see into there there are second stories and access to the second stories of some of these buildings. Yes. Well, should we check that out? Maybe everybody went to high ground. Maybe, if nothing else, I can look around and see if I can see anything from up high. Um, can we find a building that looks fairly uh sturdy still? So any of the buildings that look undamaged also don't have immediate access to the second floors because they haven't been smashed through like that. Um, but you, you can find one that doesn't appear likely to just crumble away beneath you, yes. Okay. Do that and, and go inside, see how high we can get. Um, it looks like there isn't a third story in at least this building, um, which makes sense because the, the roofway on the road is about 15 feet up which allowing for the lesser height of dwarves would make sense for two stories and then like the next layer of construction for the next mm. road further up. Right. Okay. Um, uh, if we can get on the roof, can I look around? That's what I'm saying is there isn't a roof. Oh, okay. There is. Oh, oh I, okay. I see there's There's space. a ceiling, but you right. can't. <laughs> like, okay. But, sorry. The, but, the, the dwarven weird... city. And you would know this just from 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 being a bit of a history nerd. Dwarven cities are kind of built in layers as they channel down through the rock, which makes sense. Yeah, of course. So, so you, the right. layer you're in butts up against one above it and one below it. So there's not really any roof. There's just walls, floor to ceiling of the layer. All right, up. then I will uh, pop my head out of one of the windows and, they do uh, <laughs> <laughs> and see what I can see. Roll me another perception check. Oh, good. Hopefully, this one is better. I can't get worse. Alright, that is... A dirty 20. Hey, see, it got much better. Much better, yeah. It's on the opposite end of the scale. Yeah. So sight lines in this city aren't good because there aren't any roofs that you could see between. All the walls go all the way to the ceiling. Uh, but even so, from this vantage point, you can start to get a sense of, of at least the nearby road layout. 
Um, you've come in on a comparatively wide road, about 20 feet wide, that runs away from the wall and then turns a corner a bit further up and goes on a diagonal. Uh, there is also a smaller road, more like... It does not have the vibe of back alley, but it does have the like residential street rather than boulevard kind of feel that goes off at right angles. And that looks like it has an open square just a little way along. And in that square, although still, sorry, although the shapes are softened by the layer of algae on everything, uh, you can see long rows of little humps on the ground of the right size to be bodies. Mm. Oof. Okay. So well, then... at least someone was around to bury the dead and fled? Well, it shouldn't have been. I, this was abandoned immediately, pretty much. After everything happened, nobody was around to bury the dead. We didn't get most of the dead from from places like this. So if they're not here... I need to keep looking. They have to be somewhere. They don't just get up and walk away. They shouldn't be. Well, unless they do. That's what I'm worried about. Okay. Are you going to go and look closer at that square? Yeah. Alright. So once upon a time, it was perhaps a small market square, perhaps just a open space for the people to use. Um, but it's it's clear to all of you as you come towards it, it, ha it, it was pressed into service as a makeshift morgue. Um, and there are rows on rows of bodies. Um, you'd all notice, I think, once you started to look, these all look to be drow based on the size and build. Granted, they're all now basically skeletons. So it's not like you have features to go off, but from what you can see and from the surviving bits of clothing and armor, you don't think any of these are dwarves. These are all drow. And you're kind of wary as you come up to the square, you've got your hands ready on your weapons, but nothing seems to react to your entry. They're just, they're still. This doesn't make any sense. Is it real? I don't think so. No, this is. I mean, no, it really doesn't. I don't know what's happening here. Um, I... I don't get it. The drow won more or less, didn't they? Mm. They had the chance to. Um, real, and I yeah, guess really? Maynard. Do you want to roll me history? Okay. Twelve. Uh, 21. You know, you read about most of the major battles of the war, at least that the Drow were involved in on this continent at one time or another. Brarelgrin is technically a victory, but really more of a stalemate. The Drow did break into the city, but they didn't conquer it. They were driven back again by the defenders. And they didn't have enough people to immediately mount a second attack. And it's while they were you know, calling up reinforcements and waiting for them to arrive for that second attack that the dwarves made their suicidal evacuation and 
marched out those who could onto the surface for their final march and flooded what the city as they left it. So the dwarves did hold this city for at least a few days, maybe a couple weeks, after this battle at the breach, before they evacuated. So it's reasonable to assume that it's it's reasonable to think it may have been the dwarves who laid these dead out before they left, rather than necessarily um, nefarious or subsequent actors. Mm. Shouldn't the bodies have been washed away? The flooding got this this far. I suppose if this is the top layer, it might not have. Is there seaweed on the floor? Yeah. There is. There is just the general layer of algae on all the surfaces and um even if you listen for it you can't hear the sound of waves or of dripping water at the moment i mean there's a point they flooded it from the sea right we're by the sea now yes no yes that's right there's a morning character yes um so i mean it's not like the sea's gonna run out shouldn't this whole place be underwater I guess I'm not a historian, I, or a siege engineer, come to that. It's possible they had enough spellcasters, powerful enough, they could have made the water rush in and then proceed. Ah. Or this could just be high enough that it just, it just didn't climb this high. Well, no, no, I meant the whole place. I don't know. I, I guess we'll have to see... See if see where see what else is flooded in here, and maybe we can figure out what mm. happened. Okay, okay. Maybe we should check out a, a temple or church, one of the dwarven gods. They must have had one. Mm. They had quite a few. I'm sure you'll find some if you go looking. Well, I'm I'm along for anything. This isn't really my department. Well, I suppose if we're looking for a second exit, um, we should keep we should uh, follow the water down, and we can see what we find away. We should, um, yeah, we should do that. Uh, I- I'm actually going to spend some time looking to see if any of these bodies have anything uh, familiar on them. Most of them have some indication of. Um, family allegiance, as you would expect. Um, they'll have a badge embroidered or pinned fairly prominently on their tabard, on their cloak. Um, right. You, based on what I think you're looking for, fairly rapidly narrow your search to the dead who look like they were archers who have been, and all of these bodies have been set out with their weapons alongside them. So it's easy to distinguish the sword fighters from the archers. And you do find the body long since rotted to bone of an archer wearing the Dotral crest. Oh. Are you okay, Rel? He doesn't answer for <laughs> for a while. He just He's been methodically walking back and forth between these bodies and scraping at the goo and 
turning away from turning away from them and with this one he just he stops and he kneels down next to the body and he's just he's staring at it and and he's crying and he doesn't even realize that he's crying he's just like shaking and silently shivering Mina goes up to to real and puts him kneels down beside him puts him up his shoulders it's okay i'm sorry i i'm i bad at i'm bad at comfort but we're here for you anything you need i told i told my dad that she was dead but i i didn't really i didn't want to be right Who is she she's my mom Oh, real. Oh. I'm so sorry. That's hard. Is there anything we can do? Do you want to take her home? I, I don't know how we would. This isn't so far away. And we didn't plan for any of this. Well, uh, I'm sure we could find something. Um, also... I don't know how Drow feel about cremation, but we could we could do that, and uh, you could bring some of the ashes home. We do usually um, cremate our dead. That's that would be nice. Well, she's lain here for a long time now. I'm sure we leave her be until we've found our way back out then we can do the least disturbance. Okay, we can we can do that. Okay. So you you let her lie where she is for now and uh explore more of the city. Um do you have any particular exploration tactics or like specific things you're looking for at first? I mean Trick's priority is um, whatever, whatever route or discovery will let them feel sunlight on their face as soon as possible. <laughs> okay. Mena is going to be looking for um, evidence of magic use and uh, anything that might uh, have might give a clue to um, what happened here. Oh, well, magical wise. Ember is looking for, and I'm sure this is a long shot given the um, environmental history of this place, but Ember's looking for anything, any books or any um, guide somehow of how their uh, robotics work. Okay, sure. So the first thing is that as you're as you're starting your, your explorations, um, Maynard, because you're looking at for looking out for it, um, you would notice that along the streets, and particularly the larger open streets, although there are no corpses, you know, the corpses have not been left here, you can still see from uh, damage to the masonry and from 
marks on the walls underneath the algae. I'm assuming at this that you're using all of the light sources you have because you have them. So I'm I'm working on the basis that when you're looking closely at something, you have light for it. Let me know if that ceases to be the case. Um, you can see that the scarring on the walls of magic use, uh, offensive spells, things like fireballs, which suggests that there were battles fought along these streets. It's just that the dwarves did some amount of um, cleaning up, I suppose is the word, rather than just leave people in the street. Before you'd get into any detailed search of inside buildings or anything, though, you would quite rapidly reach a large open square in the center of which is a large open shaft. And by large, I mean the hole is maybe 80 feet across, and there's a ramp, a long spiral ramp, coiling around the entire width of the hole. And in the course of one turn, it goes up one level. And you can see there are multiple levels above and below you, all connected by this ramp. Whoa. Wow. I wonder if this goes all the way up. That's a, that's a good point. Would it go all the way to the surface? They did trade with people. Seems like it's worth checking out. I mean, how far down are we? We took a very lateral approach to getting here. But directly? I don't know that you would have any way to tell. Let me know if you have a particular tactic, but otherwise, just based on guesswork, I think it would be very hard for you to know. Yeah. I think it's just that the entrance has been lost on the upper side. Yeah, if there was an entrance down here that was easily accessible, somebody would have found it before us. But maybe we'll open something back up. Who knows? I think it's worth going up and checking. Okay. All right. Um, you would notice as you step onto the ramp that there are both in the floor and in a, a low, a couple of feet high, but very solid, like a waystone marker at the edge of the shaft uh, is carved. Uh, what real at least can read it is the number 14. Hmm. Okay. And a short phrase which translates to a new shaft C. I assume Rill has told this to us. Yes, you will pass along this information. So is that like 14 floors or 14, I don't know, miles or whatever system of measurement dwarves use? I have no idea. Oh. Is the... The the shaft that goes up. You said there's a there's a, there's a spiral ramp going up. Is there a, a central space that's just a like a yes? There an is an open shaft. space. There's an open shaft, and even accounting for the width of the ramp, um, which is a substantial um, size, um, with like level square pieces at the corners because it's a square shaft. Um, so the ramp itself is about 15 feet wide, but even so, that leaves like a 40-foot hole, vertical hole in the center. Um, 
there is a guardrail, but it is a dwarf-sized guardrail. So, it is about two and a half feet off the ground, which means it is kind of more of a hazard to most of you, especially to Trick, for whom it's just a trip hazard. Yeah, it's like knee height. Yeah, it, yeah, for Trick in particular, if you stumbled against it, it wouldn't break your fall, it would cause you to fall over it. Great. Awesome. I guess we better be very careful. It's a good thing these stairs aren't slippery at all, of course. <laughs> I Maynard sort of tries to peer upwards into the um, center of the shaft to see if he can see light coming out of the top. Make, make me a perception check. Okay. 16. You 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 peer up. You definitely can't see daylight, but you're like maybe there's like a little building on top, and it'll be fainter. So you peer a little harder, and you spot a single tiny moving spark of light some distance up the shaft. Moving, moving, moving away. Not at all consistent with being a star or a planet or a sun. Hmm. There's there's a light moving up there. I can't really tell how far away it is because I don't know what it is. Might be another will o' wisp. I I could fly up, see what it is. I th- I think we should stick together. So the uh, the the ramp we're on is also covered in icky slime, right? It is. It is also covered in in slime. Yes. So it is going to be slow going, whatever direction you move in. Although if you decide to make some kind of toboggan, <laughs> that might work better than on bare stone. I don't know. Super fun. Happy slide. Love to toboggan into the unknown depths of a dead city. Mm. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Can I borrow your <laughs> chain thing? The... Oh, it's not my chain thing. It's... Yeah, I'm. I mean, I was oh. going to suggest if you oh, wanted sorry. to. No, I forgot. If you was if you wanted to to take it or take one end of it, it's a safety. Really. Yeah, yeah, that might be best. I feel uh, feel more comfortable. <laughs> Maybe. Sure. I mean, I can I can fly if I need to, so right. don't worry about and me. In fact, I. Well, actually, no, Hound. Real, you can't fly, can you? Hmm. Technically, it's not flying. It's levitating. Okay, you can fly then. Ember, do you want to hold the other end of this? Smart. There you go. Yeah, at least we've got some job. I technically can also fly for one turn at a time. Hmm. One turn, you say? <laughs> okay. Okay, so. With those of us who can't fly, clutching our safety apparatus. <laughs> This is why, when you go down in a mine, you've got to make sure that you're following the proper safety protocols. <laughs> Listen, they built rails. They just built rails for them. They're probably following OSHA guidelines, just, I, you yeah, know, I don't for a different think this is OSHA actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what, actually, I mean, there's a part of me that's thinking, well, if we're going this far underground, this fast, we should be worrying about the bends. <laughs> I mean, we spent eight hours. Like, we're not going down that quickly to worry about the bends. 
Oh, you no, no, no. You'd, you'd we be want, surprised. And we want to be careful coming up and not go up I mean, too quickly. True. Okay, are you going up or down? Up. 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 Okay. That was unanimous. I'm impressed. <laughs> I need to swap from the street map to the city diagram map. Ooh. I, I will eventually show you that map, but not until you're, you know, out of the city. <laughs> no fun exploring if you already know what you'll find. Okay. You start climbing, trying to adjust to the slippery surface underfoot. Um, and the first thing you'll notice is that you do one full turn of the shaft, and you go up to the next level, um, and there's another marker and another big sign on the floor, and, and this one says 15, new shaft C. I wonder how new new shaft C is. I mean, if we're ascending in distance and in number, they must have dug it from the ground up, which I suppose is, means it's newer than the, than the uh, lower city itself. What can we see on this? Like, is it more housing? More buildings? Looks very similar in layout to the one below. So there's, around the shaft, there is an area of open space, and then mm. there are building fronts facing onto it, and streets running off on the diagonals. Um, but you can probably see far enough to know that they don't run very far before they split and start kind of going on the grid. Right. Much as, much as they did on the previous layer. Guess we keep going. Yeah. Hey, Rill, out of curiosity, do you know, like, do dwarves prefer to live on the lower levels of their cities or higher levels? Like, is there a a more desirable real estate market on the lower levels. Like, well, I've never talked to one about it. Fair. I just wasn't sure if you realized if you gathered that from what you know of dwarven cities. Well, I would assume that if they were trading with the surface and other cities nearby, drow settlements and other dwarves and anyone else who lived down here, then they would at least keep the things they traded with the surface near the surface. That makes sense. Real estate opportunities in subsurface dwellings was a course at my university. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I don't have anything really to compare it to. Drow don't build like this. I, I wouldn't know where to start with dwarves. Fair. I guess I was more wondering if there's like a, a class structure to the levels of living. Uh, question. Do I know if there was, Ben? Was my Roll me a history, history check for, for dwarven um, city layouts. <laughs> oh, I, I, is... don't, I don't know anything. Well, actually, maybe I do. Uh, let me see. Uh, I got 12, which is very low for me. I think you would know the single point of data that, from your perspective, they do it a little bit in reverse, in that you're used to thinking of the best parts of the city being the bits that are furthest from the surface-facing entrance and therefore the most protected. Um, mm -hmm. 
but the dwarves or like where, where the rich fancy dwarves live tends to be near to the surface entrance like the closer oh, okay. you yeah, are that's... to the trade floor the better okay that's way backwards from how <laughs> the drow do it and Rel just kind of scratches his yeah, that's why it's a bit of information you remember. Did you like you remember this bit, which is that they do it wrong? <laughs> yeah, they're they're backwards. I don't really understand it, but I think we can all agree that dwarves are backwards and they're weird and concerning and worship the wrong gods. Goodness, <laughs> <laughs> strong religious opinion Tell here. Tell us, <laughs> I can't judge you there. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure some of them. I'm sure some of them worship the right gods, and they're fine. They're fine, decent people. All right, let's keep going towards the fancy part of town. This is not an aspect of trick that has been kept secret. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. But just busting out with that bit of vitriol was. I love that you're currently walking through their very impressive mega structure, and you're like, we can all agree the dwarves are backwards. <laughs> as as guilty as Real sometimes feels about everything that happened, I think in this particular moment he would be agreeing with Trick. <laughs> okay, you claim up some more levels. Uh, you pass 12, 11, and now you can all see that point of moving light that Maynard spotted earlier and it's sort of gently bobbing about in the central shaft and you are rapidly closing with it and it, it might be coming closer, you're not sure. Um, Can we tell how far away it is? Uh, so you are, you are coming up on 11. It, it it is only a few feet above you now, and it bobbing about on the far side of the central shaft. All right. Well, I wish uh... to cast detect magic. What is the range on detect magic? Thirty. It is too far horizontally away from you, I'm afraid. Mm, okay. Um, you might get more if you get some light out there. I'd like to cast shield of faith support you in this endeavor i will uh move one of my dancing lights out further so maynard can try and get a better look at it so we can all get a better look at it yeah so you move your dancing light out and you finally spot not as bright and gleaming as it once was because the algae appears to have started to colonize it as well um a familiar kind although not familiar shape of construct and it is in the shape of a ball. Um, oh dear. Oh no. It's not super big. It's like maybe two feet across. Little flying ball with a, a faint blue light inside it. Um, that is starting to take notice of you just as soon as the DM can draw a map. It's a ball? <laughs> it's, a, it's a sphere. It is a spherical construct that is flying. It is not oh. robot-shaped like other robots you like have. It's... I don't like that it's flying. <laughs> I mean, Actually, if it wasn't flying, we'd just knock it off the edge of this thing and watch it like disappear. <laughs> <laughs> disappear into the city, but... Uh... I also don't love having a sphere on a ramp that I'm trying mm. to traverse. Hey, you have your safety. That's uh, true. Immovable rod. Drawing you a map with like 
giant hole in the middle, which is makes everyone's day just so much better. Is to have a giant hole in the middle of the map that you can fall through. Yeah, I, I like that. It's good actually. I enjoy it. Flying is fun. Thinking about how I'm going to wrench my arm out of my socket if I have to activate this thing <laughs> to stop me falling. I was going to say, can I like hook it to my armor in some supportive way? So I don't have to have it. We're not ourselves together now. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Um, because it's an immovable rot, um, like you could hook it onto something, but you won't be able to activate it because then it would be hooked to your armor and also immovable, and that would be bad, actually. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it's the point of, okay, here's what, here's what we do. is While it's, while it's movable, we kind of tie it, we tie the chain through our armor. So yeah, that, hand, that works fine. Chains like, together. On the other hand, we're not going to fall and die, which adds, I think, a real exciting dimension to this. If this turns out to be a combat, unless one of you falls, and then both of you are probably falling, which is not well, good. No, but both of us then. Then you turn it on, right? Then we turn it on. <laughs> yeah. I am excited okay. to see how this works. <laughs> I'm good with this. Do you want to say that this is what we did? This yes. is totally a thing you're doing. Yeah. How okay. much play do we have? Uh, it's a 50 foot chain at its fullest extent. So allowing for a bit of space to actually do the tying up, you are you have got at least 40 feet of of movement between you. Yeah, but it needs actively like setting to extend or retract, doesn't it? Yes, you well, but you can decide you're okay with slack in like it, it will not. Yeah. You are correct. It will not automatically retract. But if you wind I it out, be, all the if way, we're gonna, if we're gonna be, if we're gonna be fighting, I can't be having it like trailing, because that's a that's just begging to trip us up. I think we have like, let's say fifteen feet, like real generously, like fifteen, like we can be like three squares away. Okay. Okay. Because otherwise, it's gonna be trailing. Otherwise, you, yeah. you're just yeah. gonna tie yourselves in knots. It's true. You're just gonna like. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to move all innocent round the corner and just sweep Maynard into the void. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, that wasn't the plan. Sorry. Okay, I've sent you a picture of this long, 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 long ramp that you are climbing. Okay. Aha. So there is a sphere that has come over to... is starting to drift in your direction. As the light came towards it, it came towards the light. And it is coming to take a look at you, and you see it vibrate excitedly and spin in the air to focus on. I'm going to roll a d4 to decide who. Uh, focus on Maynard. And there's a little spark from inside it, and it casts something at you. Okay. So I'm going to roll an attack for the thing it has cast at you. Uh. That probably hits actually. Twenty-one. <laughs> yeah. Um. One. One second. One second. One second. I imagine Maynard is currently within ten feet of me. It seems very likely. Uh. So, we have resistance to damage from spells. Oh my god. That's that's very nice. That's snacky. Mm-hmm. Is that, that like, aura is of warding? Oh my god. And this is this is a spell, so uh, even though it rolled good, um, Maynard gets to take five fire damage as some of it is absorbed by Ember's mere presence. 
right, five. I'm not inclined to roll initiative unless you're going all out on combat. So until that happens. Hmm. And the thing does not appear to be trying to close with you. It's contentedly hovering, like, out in the shaft. Hmm. Probably audibly making a warming back up kind of noise. Um, what floor are we on? Like, 11? Yeah, you're between 10 and 11 at the moment. I presume, like, there's ways off of this stairwell, right? Um, yeah, so one side of it... So one of the corners mm-hmm. is flush with the floor and then a substantial amount of of the ramp like coming up towards and away from it is just a step up or down right right the other side is kind of in the middle of the floor on the other hand that only makes it actually like a five foot drop if you roll off the side okay is my little super jump strong enough that if i jumped up a level while attached by chain (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to trick that trick could successfully come up with me. I I don't think it has the oomph to carry anyone but yourself. Okay, that's that's reasonable. However, it is absolutely enough to get you to the next level because each turn of the ramp is only sort of fifteen feet up. So you could mm-hmm. jump off the side, go upwards, and land on the next level without a problem. Okay. But that doesn't really matter if I'm attached by chain to my sibling and uh <laughs> It's I mean, an option. Yeah. Assume that we have the immovable rod like somewhere we can grab at it. So I guess you could also play it out as you went. But um Yeah. We're gonna get into some real exciting shenanigans at this point. You, you, you're gonna start running into dex checks for operating unfamiliar machinery while they're performing combat maneuvers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I um, just realized this is Ember and Trix getting a long chain. <laughs> okay. Oh my let's, god. Let's let's get out let's get off. Let's get off onto the flat. Either it'll follow us and we can fight it on more even footing. The map is a spice. And we can spin. work out what we're doing. What? Uh, that's your DM muttering, because I drew you this lovely map with a hole in the middle and then you're gonna lit- immediately move off the map. <laughs> well, uh, like, just 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 in the interim. Okay. Just for now. Maybe we'll have to come back to the map. Maybe we'll have no other way around. But you know, in the meantime, let's let's back up. Let's back up. Okay. How far are you backing up? Um, I guess. Um, until I can, I guess ideally until I can go around a corner. Okay. So for that, you'd need to like exit the the square that the ramp is in and get onto a road, basically. I don't really have a good sense of how far that is. So there's a, a flat area that is only about 20 feet wide at the edge of the ramp before the facade of the buildings. Yeah. And then at the corners, there are straight roads running back. Uh, yeah, 100 to 125 maybe feet on the road splits and goes two ways. Um into more of the kind of basic grid system of the place. So wow. you wow good, wow bad, wow that's no, wow, that's a that's a that's a lot of flat 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 space. Um I think. Or am I misunderstanding? I'm sorry. I'm just gonna send you a photo of this diagram. You should ignore all of the red <laughs> scribbles because it's the di- the diagram oh. for the floor that you came in on. Sure, but sure. the floors are laid out the same way. Yeah. Ooh. Oh wow. Okay. 
Um, ah. Yeah, so all of that so crosshatch stuff is like inside of buildings. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to. Oh. <laughs> I like from the red note annotation. There is a there is a little circle that says robots. <laughs> robots. <laughs> um. Orb. And we are. Oh. No. Where where are we in this situation? Uh, let me see. You were. Uh, uh, and, until you saw the orb and it fired one thing at one person. Oh, that's where the orb is. Okay. Yeah. So you you're climbing that ramp in that thing in the center is the ramp and you're. Oh wow. So yeah, that. has I don't know, say a long killing corridor, <laughs> three corner, huh? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, my plan doesn't make any sense then. Um. Yeah, you have to go quite a long way to get behind any cover. <laughs> I mean, it'd be good to have, like, something you can't fall off of under your feet. Fly. Yeah. Should we try pegging it? I'm sorry, what? You can can try pegging it. Real doesn't doesn't want to run away from things. Now, maybe there is a dialectical difference at play here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) When I say to peg it, what I mean is to run away very fast. Uh, you can try doing that. Real, uh, real is going to choose violence, and he's... Uh, how far away is this? This is uh, sphere with the little blue light in it. Um, it, it's bobbing around near the center of the shaft, so it is about one, two, three, four, five. It's, it's about thirty feet away. Thir- oh, thirty feet. Okay, that's close than I thought. Okay. Uh, uh, while Trick is deliberating with Ember because they are attached to each other and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they kind of need to communicate about where they're going to go. Uh, Real is going to look Pointing at this floating the sphere. <laughs> He's going to look at this floating sphere, uh, and he is going to cast Guiding Bolt at it. He's just going to chuck a Guiding Bolt in its direction. He's choosing violence today. <laughs> I think that's time fair. I mean, yeah. Do you want to roll this a bit? It's a hard day. Just to, it just seems like. At this point, we probably should roll some initiative. Okay. Seems like someone is now committed to violence. If if someone is choosing violence, you could you individually can still choose running, but in a turn based fashion. No, you say individually. Um... Hey, hey, you made the choices and you have to live with them. Yeah, I thought I thought one, it would be sensible in character, and two, it would be it would make a very interesting combat situation out of character. It's it is going to be it is. Absolutely. We can always unhook ourselves. Yeah. With an action, because you're properly tied on. Yes, yeah. you can. Yeah. What was your initiative trick? Oh, that's... that's oh. Um, <laughs> definitely distracted by pointing off down dark roads, going, we could run, you know. <laughs> we could regroup. We could think about this. <laughs> no, no, we have... Violence has been chosen. Oh, no, I can't read at all. <laughs> That might be an issue. I can't read or do sums, and by now you should be resigned to what you've let yourselves in for. (laughs) Math is hard. Like, even small math is hard. Reading and doing sums are two things which are famously not involved in Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Absolutely. I have only the sensiblest hobbies. Yes, hello. Would you like to play a math game? So, only Ember has higher initiative than Rill, so it's up to you whether you want to do something this turn or just let Rill kick things off, I think. Okay. Um, 
from my dissecting of the other robots, I know this is a different form, mm -hmm. but did I happen to find any sort of power button on them? You did not. Um, okay. No. There was a okay. power source, but only in the, like, literally buried in the innards, this is the thing that makes it go. It's not designed yeah. to be switched off. And I don't actually want to aim attacks at that, because I do want to salvage it. So, um... Help, I Ember's will... tied to a mad inventor. Em Ember's going, <laughs> Ember is sitting there thinking, have I got, like, a giant magnet or something in my pack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Ember's just, like, planning, and also, like, half paying attention to Trick's planning. So, mm -hmm. um, I will, I will let Rill... Cool. Um... Real can I, oh, can I hold an action of, um, if it attacks again, I would like to attack. Sure. Yeah. What, what, what action, what attack are you holding? Um, just, uh, swinging at it with Kindler, cool, cool. which I will activate. All right. Wait, I thought it was far away. It is. Um, so this will only be helpful to you if it happens to also be within range. It's currently floating out in open space 30 feet from you. Um, so Kindler may not be the most use in this situation, uh, but we shall see. Right. Put an Ember and Trick I'll... next to each other on the board because they're tied, up, tied, tied together. I guess then I'm holding an action for if it uh, comes closer to me. Okay. Sure. And then Rill was going to do Guiding Bolt. Uh, yeah, while Ember was thinking about how best to uh, pry open this thing and look at its innards. Um, Rill was <laughs> building a a flash of light in his palm, and it is going. He's just going to chuck it uh, at this sphere uh, with a seventeen to hit. Seventeen will hit. Okay. You can you can see the splash of light uh, slide in between its plating. That is what I like to hear. Well, let me get all of the D6s I need for this. <laughs> okay, that is uh, 18 points of radiant damage. That is substantial. Yes, it is. Uh, and anybody who rolls uh, the next attack roll against it has advantage, because it is glowing. Mm. Next up is Minard. Maynard will cast Firebolt at the green one. Uh, the, those, uh, yeah, the green one has not yet entered the board, I'm afraid. There's a blue one on the board. Oh, the blue one then. <laughs> oh. And you have advantage because it's glittering. To be clear, are these just like, um, I guess, orbs of light, like the Will-O-Wisps? No, these, these are, these are two-foot-wide oh. spherical robots. Okay, that's what, that's what I thought. I was just getting. Yeah, no, they they have a gentle glow from inside, in the manner of robots with power sources. But these are definitely robots. Or they're will o wisps wearing plate, which seems unlikely. <laughs> if kind of cool. Just like yeah, I could actually definitely see like a will o wisp yeah, armadillo. -wisp. Yeah, like mm -hmm. it's it, it's got will o wisp stats, except it has an AC of twenty. <laughs> Because it's wearing plates. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. 
I'll put it as a dex bonus, so you know. Yeah. Uh, it's 26 to hit. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're not that that dodgy. <laughs> and uh, nine fire damage. Looks from your your so you you make your arcane gestures and throw this fire cantrip at the blue orb, and it looks remarkably like the fire that the orb recently threw at you. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, and well, now it learn. is a trick. Okay. Um. Well, I. I take a brief moment, because I have two attacks and I only have one thing to do with them. So I'll use my other half attack to look mournfully at my last remaining axe. Oh. <laughs> and uh, then I'm going to fling it. Gonna Let's fling my... sacrifice it. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, Buy you more axes when we get to town. It's 5GP of axe, that is. Um, how far away is the thing? What's the range on your axe? Uh, 20 slash 60. It's in an awkward diagonal direction is what it is. <laughs> okay, purely because this came up during the week and we had a whole discussion about Pythagoras, mm. based on the squares you're both standing on, in a straight line, the orb is 26 feet away. <laughs> um, can I... Um... Could I move? You can take one step closer and then it'll be within range, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. Well, within range of that, you know, losing. Yeah, within, within your better range. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'll, I'll do that. I will, I will sacrifice my, my, my final axe. Heroism. It's a good steal, this is. Um, it's fine. I'm not emotionally attached to it. But it's 20. Uh, wait, am I the first attack? And oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Cause I'm no, I made up was first. That's, that's fine because that was a 20. Um, uh, yeah. Twenty will do. Oh, it's not marked because it was a range attack. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah, it takes six damage. There is an almighty clang as the axe first hits it hard, making a dent in it, then falls into the void beneath. <laughs> but it rings like a bell before <laughs> the axe falls. <laughs> yeah, take that. And then I'll uh, step back towards Ember so that they have some um, play in the chain. Okay. The now somewhat dented uh, blue glowing orb will rev itself up. Uh, once again, roll a d4 to decide who it aims at. Um, this time it is Ember. Aww. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> and fire... What looks extremely like a firebolt uh, at you, but it only rolled a 12. That definitely does not hit. Yeah, no. You, 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 could, you could catch that in your armoured palm if you wanted, and it would be fine. <laughs> Attracted by all of the commotion, another little orb does come bobbing up from the depths. They're so cute. <laughs> little murder balls. They, they are murder. not. Focus. <laughs> You're not adopting. You're not adopting. We just got rid of the bird. You're not adopting another thing. Second one, having appeared, uh, is going to target Rill. Oh, good. Um, and once again, rolled horribly. Uh, does a thirteen hit you, sir? Mm, nope. Yeah, I didn't think it did. So it fires at you, and you it it just goes over your shoulder off into the roads behind you. Um. 
and then it just sort of bobs there out over the void into which Trick's axe is presumably still falling. Oh, you don't have to rub salt into the wound. <laughs> Maybe if we listen no really closely... You left it in a hooked horror that at the point it was running away after you hit it with an axe had one hit point. <laughs> it ran away with your axe and one remaining hit point. It was very funny. I can't believe it's got my axe. <laughs> what if they learn to use axes? <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> okay. Um, Ember, you're up. All right. Um, I. They're still farish away, aren't they? They have made no no uh, attempt to close with you. No. Ugh. I say. Um. Hmm. I have a good idea. I think. Uh, let me look at the map. How far apart are the two little orbs? Uh, like ten feet. Okay. I am going to cast Moonbeam. Ooh. Um. Unfortunately, it will only uh catch one of them, but it must make. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna cast it on the blue one. Huh? And that does unfortunately take away my shield of faith but that's okay and that is going to need to make a constitution saving throw mm -hmm. give me just a sec because i did not note down their con and i should have because constructs generally have pretty good con on the grounds of not yeah. like having flesh yeah yeah i have realized that as i was reading it out loud I have now found an appropriate thing to base it off. Um, save was total 16. Yeah, that definitely, uh, that definitely oh, no. succeeds. But it does still take half damage. Okay. Um, and that is going to be 2d10 radiant damage. It takes 4 damage. Oh, that's not great on 2d10, is it? Nah, not so much. This is how uh, much damage it will take at the start of its turn, of course, when it actually checks. Ah, yes. Because oh. Moonlight is one of those. Oh, that that's right. That's right. That's right. That's doesn't right. kick in. What you have done, though, is summon like a shaft of Moonlight in an open shaft. So you have this beam of white light just descending top to bottom. I mean, not not the end. Probably, it, I'm sure it runs out at some point. But it's forty feet. <laughs> uh, it has got a height on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, sadly, it's only it's only lighting up like four levels. But uh oh, it it is striking to be able to see into other levels across the across the uh, across the width of the shaft and up and down and just have a. It very much gives you the. Gosh, I wonder what this looked like when the lights were turned on. Mm. Kind of feel. Okay, real. Okay. Uh, I am going to cast Spiritual Weapon and try and hit the blue one with my Spiritual Mace as it uh, forms out of moonlight inside of the little uh, moonbeam circle there. Uh, I don't know. 
don't think an eight is going to hit anything. Sadly, no. Okay. That's all right. I have something else up my sleeve. It makes a good uh, noise when you whack it, but you don't leave it in. Oh, yeah, we need more noise uh, <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> uh, then I'm going to try Sacred Flame. Mm-hmm. And it has to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh-huh. Ooh, six. Ooh, it fails. Alrighty, it's gonna take some damage. Yeah, let's see, here we go. Uh, that's gonna be nine points of radiant damage. It definitely does, I mean, it wasn't particularly in the best of shape to start with. Um, it's definitely in worse shape now. You can hear the the faint grinding noises as, as bits of mechanism inside it are not connecting the way they should anymore. Uh, Trick, what would you like to do? Um, let me see, where are we now? Um, uh, that's easy. I will move around um, so that I am perilously close to the edge, but also... Uh, so that I am adjacent to everybody. Huh? Um, and then I guess I'll hold an action to uh, swing my sword or something if the opportunity arises, but it doesn't seem likely. Uh-huh. Okay, the blue one starts its turn and immediately takes four points of radiant damage because it's in a moonbeam. And Bob's out of range of the moonbeam, but not into range, with, not, not into melee with anyone. And Goes for trick with its one trick that it has. Uh, well, pretty good though. Um, that is a 22 to hit on trick. 22 to hit. Ooh. These things haven't seemed like particularly powerful, have they? They do not seem particularly powerful, no. No, that's fine then. I'll take it on the chin. Uh huh. You are, however, standing right near Ember, so you get to halve the damage. So. <gasps> You take four fire damage. I think I'll live. Green one is feeling pretty good about its location because it's not currently in a moonbeam. Um, and it's going to target Maynard. Does the okay. not try and move out of the moonbeam at all? The, the blue one was in the moonbeam and has moved. The green one was right, not right, in right, the moonbeam. It has moved, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, the, the green one was not subject to it and has therefore not gone anywhere. Um, 14 against Maynard? Yep. Um, taking an account of resistance, that will be three fire damage. Got it. We'll do a new photograph. And we will come back to Ember. All right. Um, quick, I'm going to shout, Trick, can I undo this? Since we're not in the um, spiral anymore. Sure, sure. I mean, okay. you are, in that you're still on the ramp. Yeah, we... Oh. We super are. I mean, if you undo it, what will happen is you will fall, and I won't. Like, I'm not, I'm not one to argue. <laughs> you're not in the middle of combat. Oh. You have a good reason. I don't, I don't care about that. I can, I can... Your armor can yeet you to safety. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. I will... You... And it's an action to undo it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you tied it on. Cool. I will do that. Um, 
Yeah. I will do that, and I'm also going to stash my shield real quick. as That's a bonus action, right? Sure, yeah, you could do that. Cool. Uh, that seems reasonable to me, yeah. This I'm going to... Action. Oh, it is? Technically. Um, Technically, interact with an item is, is, a, is a full action, but given that oh. you're like sacrificing any attacks this turn, it's kind of... No, I meant the um, uh, shield thing. It's fine. It's not actually important. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, so I will just unattach myself and stash my shield. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been doing a lot of hiking with it, so you're quite used to the idea that it just sort of slings back onto your back like this and is out of the way. Yeah. And then, are you moving or is that your turn? That is my turn. Okay, in which case we are going to rail. Okay. Uh, I am going to... Let me see. Oh, it moved out, so let me see if it's... I'm going to keep chasing that uh, the the one with the blue uh, pilot light on it um, with my spiritual weapon here uh -huh. and try and hit it again and hopefully it works better than it did last time. Oh, that's much better than last time. Uh, that is a 19. That hits, yes. Okay. And uh, mm -hmm. and that is 12 points of radiant damage. Okay. So you smack it with your spiritual mace, and it actually kind of breaks in half down the middle, and both halves hang there for like half a second, and then just plummet, and the light goes out as it falls. No. <laughs> uh, Real does not look apologetically at Ember. He is turning to <laughs> he, is, he is turning uh, his attention to the. Sphere with the uh, green light glowing from inside of it, and he is uh -huh. going to uh, switch his sacred flame over to that one, and it has to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh huh. Ooh, sixteen. Oh damn, that beats it. it oh it, wait, hold on. It, it, it shifts like it, it, it dodges in the air, and your bolt sh shoots yeah. past and lights up part of the ramp instead. Uh, all right. That's my turn. Okay, Maynard. I cast Magic Missile at first level. Mm -hmm. So that hits. And first one is four damage. Next one is also four damage. And the third one is two damage. As with unerring precision. Three little bolts of light shoot through the air, find cracks in the armor, and pop through. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. That's just something Maynard says. It doesn't actually make that noise. <laughs> Trick. Well, that's the spell verbal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's the vocal component. Is, is You've got you to say pew, pew, pew. Uh, and, somatic like, component is uh, making finger, finger guns. guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why you keep coming round to me. I I'm, I need to buy myself... Because technically you have a turn and you could decide <laughs> to do something like... Don't you have like a crossbow or, or anything? Oh, I have two throwing axes. <laughs> I have two throwing axes. You throw them and then that was it. Yeah. All right, that's it. I, 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 I literally have nothing. Your turn I... is you stand there yeah, being, stand there being strong. Yeah. I don't feel particularly threatened, to be honest, at this point. They're not, like, the most dangerous things you've faced recently. No. no. 
They're uh, really not. They have a their their only attack is they have a cantrip. <laughs> it is their only attack. Um, nonetheless, there is a surviving green one which is going to stay where it is and fire that cantrip at. Uh, Trick is the lucky winner. Um, but it was a thirteen to hit, so it doesn't. Good. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to hear. Splash of arcane fire just fizzles out on your shield. Um, and the blue one is falling into the depths. Uh, so, Ember. I would like to fly over to the sphere. Okay. So, your fly speed is 30 feet. One, two, three, four, five, six. You will need all 30 feet of your fly speed to get over to the sphere. Okay. I'm going to shout, heads up, trick! And then I'm going to take my battle axe and hit the sphere like a croquet ball. Okay. Um, yeah. And that is going to be a uh, 19 to hit. Yeah, that hits. And I get to use a d10 this time because I'm actually using my weapon two-handed, which I never do. Um, also, it is charged. You said you were switching it on. Yeah, which is probably a bad decision because I don't imagine this is going to last much longer. But um, that is going to be uh, 10 slashing damage and then 8 fire damage. Okay. You definitely do it an injury. But... At the end of your turn, your armor, which is imperfect from being salvaged, cannot sustain flight. And at the end of your turn, you are floating out in the middle of the empty shaft. Oh, I am? I thought it was... Mm -mm. Oh, oh, shit. That was why I was saying you're going to use all your movement to get to it. Oh, I just misinterpreted the map. Shit. Okay. Sorry, that thing in the middle is a hole. Yep. Fuck. Um, that so was a bad peril. decision. Someone catch that paladin! <laughs> what we call this is exciting! Yep. I'm just checking to see whether there are, like, easy rules for fall speed? There are. I know this rule for fall damage. I thought there were rules for fall speed. Seems like there would be. I think you just fall, you know... I thought it 30, was, like, 30, 30 per round. round. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to see... Like the basic rules just give full damage, but they don't give full rate. I mean, how far can you fall in six seconds? People fall. Pr you'd fall pretty far, like yeah, but that's, like that's about ten meters per second squared. You're accelerating until you hit terminal. I'm going to Google how far do you fall in six seconds because six seconds is around. It's quite a long way. It's a really long way. But you are quite a long way up from the bottom of this shaft. Top of my head, it would be about 100 meters or so. I'm not sure what terminal velocity is for a human. Yeah. So someone has asked this for, like, exactly this question. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like they should have a rule for it. <laughs> Seems well, like a situation speaking. that might occur. Generally speaking, the answer is you fall 
to the ground over the course of a round. Yes, but you're not usually this high up. Yeah. Like, you are high enough up that you might not reach the bottom in a round. Yeah, it is is looking like <sighs> upwards of 100 metres is the answer. Mm. Which means I need my city diagram back. <laughs> Ember made a big uh-oh. Big what accident. You could have sworn you could have got this far with your armour. Yeah. You're going to hit the bottom about three seconds in. <gasps> Shit. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, fuck. That's too far. That's a long way down. Oh, no. On the one, on the one hand, that's quite bad. I don't like it. On the other hand, can you fetch my axe, actually, for going down there? <laughs> I, I, you know what, I, I have a sense of levity here because I don't think Ben is going to like kill you for miscalculating how far you can jump. I mean, rules is written, I think I'm dead. You know, I thought I'd have to use this diamond on trick if any of the party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay, GM, 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 here's my pitch, here's my pitch. I'm listening. I reckon it's probably becomes clear that this jump has become a big wire accident, like part way through, right? Like, and I haven't done anything for the last two rounds. What if I took this problem and made it another slightly bigger problem, but crucially, <laughs> that may also contain a solution? I would like to throw myself after Ember if that's okay. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> I, I, I see what you are doing there, and I approve. Yeah, yeah. So Ember is occupied in attacking this orb, and you're like, that armor doesn't sustain flight, and you're standing on nothing, Ember. Ember? Mm. Ember? <laughs> oh, shit. Yep. Okay. So you're going to take a, a as much running as you can leap at Ember. Yeah. I feel like I mostly just need to push, because Ember has been, like, uplifted somewhat. And so I've got that moment of reaction time to just, like, launch myself directly at them. It, um, so they are 20 feet from the edge, but I feel like with determination, that's a makeable jump, especially if you're trying to grab them rather than, like, full-on grapple. Yeah. And, like, I don't actually need to, like... I don't need to hit them... I don't need to hit them, you know... I can lose height, which you can't normally do when you're doing a standing when you're doing a standing long jump. This is true. Um, uh, what is, is this athletics? Maybe is I think it, this is probably athletics. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I love it when things are athletics and not acrobatics. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's a fourteen to launch myself. Okay. Well, you're both definitely now out in the large open shaft. Cool. I feel like, uh, okay, in that, at, that, at this point, can we say this is sort of, you know, this is sort of side timing to the... Yes, we are definitely suspending the whole turns thing because, like, frankly, you have bigger things to worry about. Need, than all that I don't need final. to reach Ember exactly. I just need to, I just need to swing the free end of the um, mm -hmm. chain. Can I take that helmet? It, I, I guess this is a dex-based attack? Yeah, I guess, I guess it's like throwing your axe. It's like a ranged attack, technically. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, am I proficient in this? <laughs> I don't think I have things would be a weapon, if anything. I think you've literally only just put her hands on this and they're therefore not proficient. I'm making a... Oh no, that's a six. That's oh bad. no, that's bad. Uh, that's very ooh. bad. I well, don't. I don't think with a six you managed to loop it round any part of Ember. I impact my armor as I hit the other end of the chain. As you know, I hit the button for the other end of the chain. Yeah, and you're now clinging to this rod, but but the length of chain is just dangling uselessly beneath you. Mm. Oh no. And it's the end of Ember's turn, and they're starting to fall. Oh no. <laughs> Any magic users got a solution for this problem? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to use it, or are you just going to let Ember fall to their death? <laughs> you have the option. <laughs> Inard, what's your solution? I don't think there's any kind of discussion going on here. No, true. I I cast fly on Rill. On Rill? On me? You have levitate. Is fly like a touch spell? I think fly is a touch spell. It is a touch spell. Oh yeah, okay. In that case, I think you'd have to scream. I think you'd have to scream some instructions at the same time. You have... Yeah, otherwise, yeah. So I, like I, I, I touch, I, I, I grab, I grab Rill's uh, shoulder and I cast the spell and I, and I just say, oh, fuck no, because you can't fall if you're flying. You can't let yourself fall if you're flying. I can but push can... myself down from yeah. the ledge. It's fine. I got it. I can yeah. run off of the ledge and just swan dive. Out. Yeah, swan dive out towards Ember. Yep. Okay. So Ember is falling. Rill has taken a flying leap and is now actively dashing towards Ember. Ember can't see like a damn thing. Ember is falling through pitch black. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my shield for a brief moment. <laughs> As they leave the light of your shield and realize what a mistake they have made, and then it's oh, dark. No. No. <laughs> Like, I just want to make sure you're okay with explicitly me untethering myself from this. No, no, don't extend the chain. I'll just untie myself. I'll just leap. <laughs> oh, right. The chain could have gone longer. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Okay, listen. Intelligence is not my strong stat. So, Ember is, Ember is falling through pitch black, seeing the dis the, the, the light tricks like rapidly dwindling, going, oh. Oh, I fucked up. <laughs> Oopsie. And Rill is <laughs> diving after them. And Rill can see the flaws of dwarven structure, like, passing. And can see Ember falling beneath him. And just before Ember would hit the bottom of the shaft, catches up with them. Rill, what do you do when you catch up with them? Moving oh. very fast, like... 20 feet above the floor. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, man, strength is really not my forte here, but I will try and catch Ember. <laughs> what? What am I supposed oh, to do? I am, sorry, I am cool no can, can you cast Levitate on me? Are you out of second level spell thoughts? No, I'm not. I didn't know if I could use my goddamn 
action to cast a spell <laughs> while we're falling. Yes, you can. Yes, you can cast a spell. I think that was the implication. <laughs> All right, I will uh, reach out and grab whatever part of Ember I can and and cast Levitate frantically. It, it's a it's a sixty foot range. Let's not go over dramatic. <laughs> okay, so. Ember is still below you and about to hit the floor, and you just kind of make your arcane gestures as you're falling and push magic out <laughs> towards them. And you, Ember, get this swooping feeling in the pit of your stomach as instead of moving rapidly downwards, you are now gently floating upwards. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and you can... <laughs> you can't see anything. <laughs> you have no Ember's light. just... It just you were falling rapidly through the black with just enough time to go. Oh, oh dear! Ember is now just openly weeping. And then you kind of bounce on nothing, and now you're not falling. You think, but also you can't reach anything. You can't see anything. You are just <laughs> suspended in an inky void, and that is where we will pick up next episode. Oh my god! <laughs> You've been listening to Come Out and Play, an all-trans real play project. You can check us out at comeoutandplay.games or follow us on Twitter at CAOPcast. And remember, if you enjoy our show, please share it with your friends. And if you don't enjoy our show, please share it with your enemies. Word of mouth is our best way to grow. They just wanted to be cool!